Hello and welcome to the Blue Pea Leader podcast. And I'm your host and the founder of Blue Pea Pod, Ruth Sanderson. If you want to become a leader of an organization where people feel alive and fully contribute, one that really understands who you are, lets you contribute your talents, live your purpose and make a difference. Listen in now as we share the latest practical ideas and techniques to experience authentic success through leadership. Welcome to the Blue Pea Leader podcast. And on this episode, I'm going to be joined by Sue Swambra, who's an expert HR director. We're going to be actually talking about resilience and, and handling uncertainty at this present moment, which is unprecedented in our times. Now, I met Sue, um, as Sue, I think it was about 12 years ago. Would you say it was about 12 years ago we first met? Oh, the um, and at the time, you were HR director in General Mills for the UK and Ireland, weren't you? Yeah, that's right. Um, but we've known each other for a long number of years. Sue and I have had some, again, some really stimulating, thought-provoking conversations. Um, but we also like things really practical. Um, so I, I asked Sue if she'd like to join me to chat about resilience, as it's very important right now. Um, but before we go into that, Sue, would you like to share a little bit more about yourself? Great. Thanks, Ruth. Hello. Uh, so I'm Sue Swambra. I'm uh, married, twin daughters who are coming towards the end of their university education. And I live in Buckinghamshire. My career, uh, I started as a scientist. I moved cross-functionally through various roles, R&D, manufacturing, supply chain and strategic roles before moving into the senior HR roles. Um, I've worked within global FMCG organisations, so Boots, Mars, General Mills, which is, as Ruth said, where we met, and most latterly UK-based Whitworth Limited, Dried Fruits, Nuts and Seeds. And you know, I love my role as an HR director. I find it's a brilliant platform to catalyse change and transform organisations while creating an environment of trust, so that people feel they can be themselves and release some of that untapped potential, but always in service of business results. I love generating growth conversations in business and seeing people develop before your eyes, achieving things they would never have thought possible. It's really energizing. So I feel very fortunate to have been trusted to enable this in the organizations I've worked for and also to have worked alongside people like Ruth who have helped me in catalyzing that change. Thank you, Sue. And, and I know you've done some really, really great stuff in those organizations. So let's talk about uh, resilience i mean it is unprecedented time so how do you see things currently so as you say Ruth, really um clearly unprecedented and challenging times for everybody we're adjusting to the new situation and really re rewriting the rule book the pace of change that we've seen though has been truly impressive consider the speed at which organizations have responded to i don't know equipping their people to to um deliver their role remotely uh which would have seemed impossible or requiring months or years of planning just a few short months ago. I'm often asked when I think we'll get back to normal. Well, that's not going to happen. It probably isn't even helpful to think of the future as a new normal. Maybe we should just talk about our new ways of working. There's no doubt this will involve adjustment for us, for everybody, for us all. And the ability of leaders to lead in crisis is and will continue to be sorely tested. 
often determining whether their organisations will fail or survive. The best leaders are those that are wise enough to use crises like these to strengthen their organisations for the long term. It's in tough times that leaders have the opportunity to shine, as it's through their actions that the reputation and health of organisations can be built or destroyed overnight. And we can see examples of both occurring. That's very, very true. We can. So what would you um, say are the top two or three key challenges that are facing leaders today so that they can be the ones that come out of this the strongest? So I, I say for me in terms, I think about the leadership of their organisation, it's first of all, how do they respond in the here and now? So showing that empathy, care for their people, vulnerability, and also sort of the foresight in order to galvanise their teams to do what is required. And in addition to that, how to define the future strategy for their business to prosper in whatever the new context is, where we will be no longer able to predict market movements, competitors maybe technological developments, but face a massively increased pace of change where decisions will need to be made quickly with incomplete information. So what would you say is called for? Well, you've already mentioned it, Ruth, actually, I think you're absolutely right. For me, the priority is actually how do we build our resilience? And that's resilience of us as the leaders, our organisations, and also for the people. And resilience for me is actually quite broad, so it falls into a number of areas. So in addition to the personal resilience, which we'll spend most of the time talking about, I think organisations also need to consider the resilience of the enterprise, so the ability of the organisation to withstand disruption and changing conditions, we're learning loads about that now. So how do we take that forward and make that work for us in the future? There's financial resilience. So the ability to withstand the financial impact on liquidity, income and assets. And there's operational resilience, which is the ability to withstand operational shocks and continue to deliver the core business when say your supply chain has completely changed overnight or you've lost your outputs um, and then the last one in this category is commercial resilience which is for me is the ability to respond to changing market and consumer pressures which I sort of alluded to a bit earlier on so each of these is driving the need for change across the business and I imagine in the future we'll see new roles with specific responsibility for resilience or it might be called something slightly different but I could see that becoming a core role for any organisation. You know, that's a really, really useful breakdown in, into the different categories. And, and I have to say, it's an interesting observation in terms of new roles regarding responsibility, because I do think you're right. The more we're getting into, um, the, the pace of change isn't going to slow down. We, we, disruption is probably going to be more normal. So I do, I do think it's interesting you're saying about new roles on responsibility. So let's dig a bit further into personal resilience as it's going to be needed more than ever. So what, what would you say here, Sue? So first of all, maybe um, explain um, what I see as um, personal resilience. So for me, it's actually, it's the ability to bend instead of breaking when you're experiencing pressure. But more than that, for me, it's not just about survival. It's the ability to persevere and adapt when faced with challenge and change. So it's also about letting go of what is unhelpful and then learning to grow and taking those learnings on board. And, you know, I think there's no doubt our brains are in shock. Um, so, you know, if you think about the emotions of change curve, you know, who would have predicted the extent of COVID-19? And, you know, whether we're key workers who face daily challenges, whether we're working from home, worried about returning to our workplace, 
burnt out with Zoom meetings or concerned about losing our jobs or even out of work now and looking for a job, many of us are feeling vulnerable. And we are being challenged at the base of Maslow's hierarchy of needs at the level of safety. It's a personal, emotional response that is immediate, overwhelming, and actually may be out of measure with the actual events because it has triggered a much more emotional threat for us. In this condition, our reasoning, problem solving, and even our ability to hear things can be impaired. The pandemic we're facing leads us to feel that we're more out of control than normal because so much in our lives has changed. The way we might have said things should be have been undermined. So our freedoms, our health, our livelihoods, our perception of what life is like is being challenged and somehow it doesn't seem fair. This can make us feel despondent as though our goals, projects and ambitions are somewhat insignificant or irrelevant as we operate within this context at the moment. So it's a very powerful case of building our resilience capacity to equip us for today's challenges and also those of the future. It's true, yes. It's, um, it is this that's going to help us move from surviving to thriving. Um, and it has such a huge ripple effect, you know, not just for uh, the individual, but also leaders, their teams, the organisations. So yeah. how about we get a little bit uh, super practical for a minute? Where would you suggest, as a, where would you suggest, say if it was me, where would you suggest I start? Well, I think um, when I think of building personal resilience, I think of five steps. So first of all, it's spotting the warning signs, understanding what it is that triggers you, but also what anchors and motivates you, how you can develop a positive mindset and then establish strategies to enable you to cope. So if I take each one of those in turn, first of all, the spotting the warning signs. This is about noticing how you're feeling. So early signs of weakened resilience can be physical, emotional, or behavioral. So physical, you might be struggling to sleep. You might be having this extreme tiredness, feeling drained, or your eating or drinking habits, maybe not quite as they usually would be. Um, emotionally, you might be over-anxious, forgetful, irritable, over-analyzing everything, feeling overwhelmed. You know, when you just can't think straight or take decisions, um, you might fear criticism, um, you know, so things could be paralyzing actions for you. Um, confidence certainly drops and, and self-doubt surfaces. And on a behavioral point, point of view, some people might find or notice they're micromanaging, they're less trusting of others, um, avoiding different things or obsessing about little things, so tidying their desk. Has anyone here got very um, specific about how the dishwasher should be loaded um, or making endless lists? So you may get trapped into working even longer hours to less effective outcomes. So there are all of those signs around. So I'd urge you to just to notice how you're feeling and whether any of those things apply for you. They may be different to those, but just to notice when something feels a little bit out of kilter, not quite right. So having you, sorry. sorry, sorry for interrupting, but I, I, I like the fact that you're pointing out that effectively we do get, it's almost like we let little things take over. Whether it is we suddenly start to get nuts about the way the dishwasher's stacked or but we're, we're just overanalyzing things. But it's the tiny things, isn't it, that just somehow take a bigger spot than they really, really should. And we just absolutely. struggle to get them back into perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so once you, you're aware or noticing the, the warning signs, notice as well what triggers you to feel this way. So 
what are those encounters or events, conversations that are most likely to knock you off balance? Those things that promote an emotional or physical reaction when you were feeling perfectly fine before. And you know, quite often people will get a sense in their stomach, maybe some physically some butterflies or something happening. And it will be different for different people what it is that triggers. So you might be feeling completely overwhelmed by something out of control or that you really can't influence anything. You might feel stuck with a situational problem which you can't seem to see your way out of. A sense of inadequacy, uh, letting others down, real or imagined. Or maybe you feel your personal values being compromised. So that's the second area. And then also to notice what anchors and motivates you. Because while we all have things that trigger that emotional, visceral response, we also have things that actually support us um, in these sorts of situations. So it might be in an organisation, whilst you might be struggling with a lot of things we said, reminding yourself of knowing why you are doing what you're doing. Um, you know, it might be about your professional calling. It might be, you know, leading, leading an organisation. It could be your life purpose. Um, you might also find that validation from others, um, whether it's periodic feedback and, and encouragement from friends or family or colleagues, you know, that can really help as well just to anchor and motivate people. So why am I here? Um, and what, what is it? You know, how am I doing really tonight? And then um, the, the fourth area is cultivate a positive mind, mindset. So all research shows that a positive um, outlook helps and that it can be learned, which is the great news, actually. So if you're able to teach yourself to interpret setbacks as temporary and changeable, if you're able to look for new opportunities, there may be a hard road ahead, of course, but actually if you feel confident that progress is possible, and that can be really helpful. Also noting the progress which is made will also help you feel good about that and also support your positive mindset. So it's almost like, you know, one step at a time. Um, the fear of failure or desire to control can also hold us back as we've already said and you know setbacks are part of life and we can't always control the outcome but we can learn from our experiences great example i'm sure people have heard about thomas edison um, apparently made a thousand unsuccessful attempts to invent the light bulb when a reporter asked how did it feel to fail a thousand times edison replied i didn't fail a thousand times the light bulb was an invention with a thousand steps which is a very different paradigm and it, you know, it, it feels different, lighter. So almost in identifying the worst that can happen, then ask yourself, how likely is it and how, would it, how bad would it be if that happened is another way of saying, do you know what, okay, it might happen, but what would I do if it did? Because then you can just deal with it if it does, hopefully it won't. And that will give you a positive mindset about you can actually survive or, or um, you can survive these things. And then the final. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting you. I was, I was when you were talking about Edison. It actually, you know, you're saying about it, but it's it's the experiment. And you and I started out life as scientists, didn't we? And and it is really about if we all if we almost saw everything that we were doing as an experiment, it would it does help with the mindset. You know, when we were in labs, you know, doing this stuff, we were experimenting. But when we're outside, sometimes we don't necessarily think. Of it in the same light way that's a great point completely completely agree and it actually it leads me on to the the fifth point very nicely so you know the, the fifth point is about doing exactly that experimenting so finding strategies that work for you as an individual to build your resilience it's very personal 
it can be trial and error with different approaches working in different areas of your life maybe it requires a combination of the right and the right mindset being open to some experimenting creating the time to think and act and choosing who is alongside you who can support and validate you so examples of sort of strategies might be you know thinking about how you're spending your time and how you're adding value as you're doing that allowing space for things that, that restore your inspiration balance and well-being so it might be a daily walk outside so i'm hearing lots of people say actually when the government said we you know you have an hour exercise getting out into the countryside if people are fortunate enough to, to live near a park or a field is great and it's becoming a really positive habit for people it might be regular mindfulness meditation breathing exercise anything that can regulate emotions and actually calm you down can be massively helpful these are really great um strategies and things to think about um and as you say you know with the examples of walking mindfulness meditation yoga i mean cooking it's it's really it's just finding something that works for you absolutely and you know what's so starkly different about this situation is that our usual strategies for coping and recharging are in the most part on pause too so a daily visit to the gym a meal out with friends watching the game on saturday a weekend away none of those are possible at this time so actually for us having the ability to find out okay, if we can't do that what is that works for me so you know it's really important now that leaders and also individuals all of us of course need a new set of strategies to stay fully charged powerful and present a set of thinking habits that mean we can embrace what's happening accept it and find the courage to stay committed and thriving even from our own living rooms it's true what you mentioned about the fact that the usual ways of coping, like the gym, going for meals out, just aren't available anymore. Um, and one of the things that's coming up in leaders that I'm working with is about anxiety, either at times they're feeling anxious, but also how they help people in their team manage their anxiety. So have you got any um, thoughts or suggestions on that? Uh, yeah. So I'd, I'd say discuss it and make it okay to discuss it because the position of leader is such that you can, you can create the environment from being who you are. So actually, if you're open to discussing it, people realize that funny enough, you're human, then, then actually that can open a very powerful conversation. So inviting people to discuss the anxiety, anxiety openly within their teams empower them to share concerns as a way of airing them not being dominated them i'm not a fear about looking weak or negative but actually as a way to say you know i'm vulnerable i'm human and we're all in this together so first of all discuss it and actually you know the other thing is to listen don't fix we're all caring individuals and we all we all want to help and support each other but actually this is something that the individual holds and you can't solve so just listening acknowledge that people's anxiety is real and reasonable help them to feel heard and understood by not jumping straight to fixing the problem just giving them the space to actually air how they're feeling and then the third thing is open up so asking questions to help one another work through their thinking and consider any possibilities that might help showing your own vulnerability as we've already said can also help people open up and speak freely it does, doesn't it? Because basically people then realise that what they're feeling or experiencing is normal 
and and somehow by knowing what you're going through is normal that also sort of lightens the load um absolutely yes now you were talking about the you know signs of the fact that you know things are getting to you so micromanaging or command and control um and you mentioned really it's, it really is about letting go to a degree of, of not being so um pedantic so again what would you suggest in terms of how people can address that sure i think two things that's what i'd say to make and share commitments so we can't control what's happening around us um, you know that's we've all seen that in the last few weeks but we can control how we respond to it so rather than focusing on what shouldn't be focus on being the best leader or person you can be by making and sharing commitments and then the second thing i think is understanding it's okay to act in the here and now you know do we act within the context of what i do know now um ask yourself what can i achieve today that will make a difference to either your project your team yourself or for your community keep your planning short term stay focused energizing and of the highest impact yeah it i mean it again it reminds me of um of a, a phrase that i used to use or we used to use when i worked in unilever best current thinking you know there's times when things are changing so fast that it is just rather than going oh that plan's gone in the bin that plan's gone in the bin that which starts to feel demotivating Actually, if you're trying to act in the here and now, it is your best current thinking. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, it's just about being in the moment and going with what you know now. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that tomorrow may bring something completely different. Um, and, it, you know, I also think right now, there's as much as it's brought a lot of, of things, a lot of things that we used to do that felt normal to a stop, there's also opened up a lot of opportunities in a, in one sense, in a very rapid way, which can be disorientating. Um, but, you know, what, what would you turn around and say to people around, you know, sort of seizing opportunities, be it that they've maybe been made redundant or their roles are changing or the market's changed? Sure. So I, I think, um, and this is people in different contexts at the moment, but actually there are people who have, you know more time than normal it might be actually you know at the weekend you would normally been out and about doing things and now actually just at home so there is a gift of of time so you know as you were saying we're seeking those opportunities and be generous with how we spend the time so thinking about you know what it is you want to to do to support others but also for yourself so using downtime at work to make breakthroughs happen so what actions or initiatives would make the biggest difference to your team or your business, business performance Prioritise these in any downtime at work to make the most of this opportunity. And it, it might be, you know, a brainstorm on a particular thing, or it might be, you know, just having a virtual coffee together and having a bit of fun or a quiz or whatever it might be. Um, and then secondly, to ask your future self what you'd wish you have done. So if you imagine yourself when the whole pandemic is over, whenever that'll be, certainly when all constraints are lifted, what would you most wish you had spent your time doing? What would you have made? What would have made the most difference for you, and what story would you want to tell, and then do it? I think the other thing, just to build on that, is there's lots of great stuff that people are doing at the moment. So I'd almost say recognise that and be grateful for what you're doing now and how you're using that gift of of time to see those opportunities, and then think what else could you do. 
I think it's very powerful when you're saying, you know, looking, it's almost like you're looking back and, you know, what would you most wish you'd spent your time doing? What's the story you want to be able to tell? So it's, it is about, um, about in, in one sense, it's about writing the next chapter of how you would like it to be and then using that as a resource. Yeah, absolutely. So if, um, if somebody wanted to know more about resilience or, um, or become, I mean, become more resilient, there's, you've given us a lot of really great practical um, advice. Is there a particular resource that you would also suggest? It's interesting. Yeah, I'm probably going to duck this question a bit. So there's a lot written on this topic from a massive range of resources. So from the US military, through sportsmen and women, to individuals, and there are a mix of self-help, evidence-based and research analysis and techniques, testimonials, definitions, you name it, actually, it's out there. So I would suggest that if people want to find out more, they actually just do a bit of Googling, thinking about which area it is that they're most interested in understanding more about and what would be the most value. I mean, for me personally, I enjoy Brené Brown. Rising Strong is, is fabulously inspiring. And then at the other side, um, Liggy Webb has done some very practical suggestions for approaches that you can take, which I'd urge people again to, to Google that and look up. Um, other than that, you can't be a good coach. You can hold up the mirror and ask questions to catalyze those insights for you. It, it's very true yeah it's it kind of um i often think you can you can make it through the journey at various speeds but the advantage of a coach is that they can help you through the rough um ideally as fast as it is possible for you to healthily navigate the rough um yeah absolutely and the other thing is it's somebody who's there absolutely for you yes giving you that space just to be yourself, talk, share your fears, your ambitions, whatever works for you is, is massively powerful. It's a real treat and a luxury whenever I, I've had a coach who's been quite often in my, my career and life. It's been a fabulous experience. So on your leadership journey then, what, um, what words of wisdom would you like to share? What's, what would you say is maybe your, you know, we talk about, you know, if your future self, what you wish you'd done during this particular situation but it's kind of like if you look back on your leadership journey if you were gonna you're gonna share some words of wisdom to anybody else embarking on their leadership journey or in wherever they are in their leadership journey what would you what would you say is your primary realizations great question by the way <laughs> um so for me i mean it's all about learning and growing so if i think and these are you know life journey things i guess so the first for me is around self-awareness so you know and that is a set as an ongoing journey so building your resilience will, will enable you um in increasing your self-awareness as you understand and start to notice more what is going on for you in any situation you're then able to be in a position to separate your personal feelings and so be in a better place to empathize listen and really understand the other's perspective which is critical for a leader that your stuff doesn't get in the way um, of the conversation to really be able to put yourself in the other's shoes. Um, and then the second thing for me is the importance of trust. And by trust, I mean confidence in a personal thing. So, you know, my personal reflection has been, you know, I start with a propensity to trust both myself and others. And if I don't trust myself or others, understand why it is. So is it that the, the 
integrity doesn't feel right, so the walking the talk it doesn't seem to be aligned. Uh, whether, you know, is the intention pure? Uh, what is the person's capability or, and track record? Um, and once you know that and identify that, you can do something about it. So I'd say self-awareness and, and trust. Brilliant, thank you. Jill, I think we've covered, well, I'm saying we, you have given us a lot of rich points of view, some real practical um, things that we can do to manage our resilience now, to manage our state and our mind now, but also set us up for success so that we can thrive in the future. And I knew you would, because it's like, it, we, we, because of all the really great conversations we've had um, in the past. So thank you very much, Sue. Thank you, I enjoyed the conversation. Um, and I hope you, having listened to this, have got as much out of it as I have. I'm hoping it's, again, giving you maybe some immediate things that you can apply right now, but also giving you some broader food for thought in terms of what, uh, what resilience and handling uncertainty can mean for you and for your team going forward in the future. If you do want to know a little more about resilience, then if you go to bluepeapod.com and head over towards resources we have a white paper with also which also contains um, some practical information on um, building your resilience um, and as Sue said having a coach is also a really great um, strategy uh, so if that's something that you would also wish to consider then do get in touch with us and until the next time Go be the difference in leadership. Mm -hmm.